I cannot believe it. Empowered is officially available in the Amazon store. The pre-order is over and now is your time to get it. Guys, it has five stars on Amazon and is the top 100 of journals. I'm like over the moon about this. Like I thought it was such a crazy time to be putting out a book, but in turn, it turns out that it's like the best time. People are seeking less confusion, more clarity, more empowerment in their lives. And if you are looking for that, head on over to the link in the show notes and check it out. I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Dr. Denise, so nice to have you on the BU Find Happy podcast. Tons of things I want to dive into today, but I'm just so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. You wrote a book. You've done some great things. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit of that with the audience. Just kind of, you know, your elevator pitch. Tell us a little bit about all that you do. So again, my name is Dr. Denise Moore-Reville. Um, I am a life coach, a special, uh, I'm a life coach. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. Uh, but more importantly, I am a person who's just passionate about helping people to live out their best lives. So I'm really passionate about helping, especially women, to find their own voice. Um, I've worked as a speech language pathologist for over 26 years. So I have literally helped people find their voices. But now I'm more passionate about helping people, especially women, who uh, have, have lost a sense of who they are to really discover who they are for themselves again. Mm. Uh, you know, and I think right now we're in this very interesting time where people of all different walks of life have lost their voice or, or perhaps are confused on how they can speak, um, in mm. a way that's not minimizing in a way that's not offensive in a way that is truthful to who they are. So, I love that you're on here today because I, I do have some questions on these topics. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, so, so dive in for me. How is everything that's happening in the way of the protests nationwide and the COVID fears, all of these things, how are they affecting identity? How are they affecting the people that you work with? What are you seeing out there? What I'm seeing and what I would start with, even with myself, in the midst of everything, because um, at any time in history, there's always some, some calamities, some challenges that we're faced with. But at the end of the day, you have to know who you are for yourself, first and foremost. Uh, because I believe there's so many messages out there that at times it can be confusing about which way we should go, what should we say, how we should be. And so I always tell people, start with yourself first. You know, the change starts with you. The, you know, who are you for you first? And then once you feel empowered, once you understand your value, then in your own self-worth, it's easier to be um, out there in the forefront advocating for other people as well. So um, what the, with the COVID on top of all the other issues that are going on in, ter in terms of race relations and how we're dealing as a country, 
at the end of the day, I have to stay grounded and remember who I am first. And then how can I empower people to find their own voice as well? Yeah. And I think that, um, I love that. I'm an advocate for that myself. I believe that yeah. um, you've got to be able to speak your truth with grace. That's a lot of what we promote on this podcast. But also, I've been seeing, and I don't know if you've been seeing this, uh, a lot of confusion. Like, people aren't sure who they are 100% anymore. Like, the events that are unfolding are triggering what they kind of had taken as to be their truth. And, um, and so, you know, whether that is stuff that we learned from our childhoods or Mm -hmm. things that other people that are around us have kind of swayed us into believing about us ourselves or others, Mm -hmm. how can people tap into that inner truth? What can they do right now to empower themselves to better understand who they really are so that they can stay true to that as they kind of maneuver through some of these maybe confusing times? I actually look at this time as a very, it might sound kind of weird, but I think this is a, a great opportunity. This is a great time for re, for people to really do a lot of self-discovery. Um, sometimes it takes challenges. Sometimes it takes, you know, turmoil for us to really sit down and, and get real and really get clear on who we are. You know, um, I was telling, sharing with some friends recently about even with the, with the COVID, it really made me, you know, in my practice, I still was seeing um, children and their families, you know, on the front lines every day, putting myself out there. It really made me stop and really evaluate what do I really hold true? What do I really think is important? And I don't think I necessarily would have gotten here had it not been for COVID. Maybe I would have, I don't know. But I tell you, I tell you what, I cherish my family a whole lot more. I don't take them for granted like I used to. I don't take the small things uh, for granted anymore because when I was when I'm faced with really life and death sometimes, and you know, and, and dealing really faced with people going through economic stress, stress and you know, family issues, it really makes you see who you really are. And I think that this is an opportune time for us to really evaluate ourselves individually. Uh, in community, as a nation, as a world, on our real values. We say one thing, but when you when they say when the rubber meets the road, your true character, your true self really comes out. So it might take this might be a time for all of us to reevaluate who do we say we really are and what do we really stand for? Um, because the truth has been told now. You know, people have really been challenged on what do you really believe? What do you really stand for? What side of history will you really stand on? So I see this as a, as a great opportunity for us to really dig deep, do a lot of self-reflection um, because we're faced with some real, real issues that we really got to give an answer for. I, I feel like if you're not doing some sort of self-discovery mm-hmm. right now, then you're in complete denial. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel the same way. Absolutely. So one of the things that, that you kind of talk about is the power of identity yes. and share with me what that means. Explain that to me. When I talk about identity and I talk about personal identity, again, is who do you say you are for yourself? Because at the end of the day, the, the, the decisions that I make, the reactions that I have, the choices that I make, they're based on what I believe to be true about me. 
It's not necessarily important what you think about me. What's most important is what I think about myself. Because you can think, hey, Dr. Denise is great. She'd be a great person to do this awesome thing. But if I don't believe that, I'm not even going to position myself to even try to do anything differently. And on the, on the other side of that, if someone thinks negatively of me, that's their opinion of me, but I don't have to hold that same opinion. Again, I ask people, what is your personal identity? What do you say about you to you? <laughs> and I say the most important relationship you will ever have is the one that you have with yourself. My opinion about me should be more important to me than anyone else's opinion about me because I'm gonna make all my decisions based on what I see when I look in the mirror, not what someone else is seeing. I see a lot of people that struggle with making decisions because they're not sure. They're Absolutely. not sure who they are, or what they want or what they need. And yeah. so they often end up making decisions based upon what others yes. think they should be doing as far as buying a house or buying a car or switching careers or switching a job or um, yes. How do you deal with that when you see that come up? What do you say to that? And so when I work with my clients who uh, come to me with issues about that, we start there. I like, who are you? We, we have to, we have to resolve that because you're right. You have people who have been tossed to and fro, making decisions based on what other people want instead of what we want for ourselves and what's going to be fulfilling and, and happiness for us. And so I feel like that's why a lot of people are unhappy. A lot of people are unfulfilled because they have not taken the time to really say, well, what do I want? What makes me happy? Am I living on purpose? Am I doing what is what I, I believe I've been called and here to fulfill to do? So you're right. I think a lot of people are confused. A lot of people are in conflict. A lot of people are in, in turmoil because they have not taken the time to do the inner work. And we have to, if we really want to live these amazing lives and be happy and be fulfilled. And, you know, I do. I see so many people who choose to be a little bit lazy with mm -hmm. their um, own their own work. It's like so much easier to, to blame others or to yeah. be the victim in your life yes. than to kind of take that deep dive to look at yourself, I think, sometimes. Do you see that? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, it was hard for me to do. But um, years ago, when I sat, I remember getting my master's degree and I was supposed to be excited and happy, but I was depressed. You know, I wasn't happy. Uh, I got the, the, the great job. I did everything everyone told me I was supposed to do. But inside, I still wasn't happy and I couldn't figure out why. And so at the end of the day, I had to stop and say, well, what's going on inside of me? I never really took the time because we never really taught to do that. We've always been taught to look outside of ourselves for answers and look outside of ourselves for validation, look outside of ourselves for everything. But what's really important is like, what's on the inside of me? Because at the end of the day, I tell people, we're with ourselves 24 hours a day, <laughs> you know, so take the time to know who you are. And, and, and life could be so much better because then you're making choices based off of what you want for yourself. It's funny because you say we're with ourselves 24 hours a day. And it's like, that's when I see people start to get into drinking and different addictive behaviors because mm -hmm. they're trying to get away from themselves. Exactly. You know, to change that. Um, and so I think that is an important point. Like you got to be okay with being with you. Yes. 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 So I always say, you know, we, 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 a lot of people don't like to be alone. So they get into unhealthy relationships just because, so they don't want to be alone. You know, <laughs> it's like, but if you be happy with who you are. So when 
then when it's time to be with someone, you make healthy choices about um, how you want to be treated and things like that. But yeah, a lot of times people don't want to be with themselves. They don't want to address the pain that they may be um, going through. But only way to address it is to address it, you know, to get through it is to get through it and to deal with it. You can't drink it away. You can't eat it away. You can't sleep it away. Um, the only way is to really get in there and, and figure out what's going on inside of you so that you can be better and, and live a better life. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking is um, that, you know, we, when I booked you, when we booked you on this podcast, it was months ago, like three months ago. Yeah, yeah. And now here we are in this situation <laughs> where who would have known how important identity was going to be as a topic, you know, three months later. So what you wrote a book, tell me about the book. What, what is your book called and, okay. and how does that tie into identity? Awesome. So the name of the book is called own your amazing discover your power to create an amazing life that you love. So I start off on the book talking about a whole paradigm shift in terms of there used to be a time where a lot of people, were struggling. A lot of people still are with who they are, what they want, but there is a segment of people who are deciding that, you know what, I'm going to define my life for myself. I'm going to define success for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go with the status quo just because that's what everyone wants me to do. So I talk about that. And then, I'll, then I start talking about my own struggle of trying to own it, trying to figure out who I am. And then I talk about the way that I can, my journey out of darkness, so to speak, and how I really took the time to do some real self-discovery, trying to figure out, find my own voice, you know, all those kind of things. And so then in the book, I, I, it's like three pillars when it comes to the Own Your Amazing movement. And it's understanding your value, aligning with your purpose, and then sharing your brilliance with the world. So the, so the next section of the book are a couple of chapters to talk about your value. Who are you? And understanding just how unique, how special, how amazing that we really are. I always like to say that, you know, with over 7 billion people on the planet, there's no one like you and there's no one like me. So that should make us feel good about who we are because that's amazing when you really think about that. And I talk about how um, we have been created um, for a purpose. You know, the characteristics that I have and the things that you have, the gifts and talents that we all have, I believe they were given to us on purpose and for a purpose. And so it's like, so are you really doing what, you have been created. I believe in the creator. Have you really been, are you doing what you feel like you have been placed on this planet to do? And then the last part of the book, you know, the chapters deal with being able to share yourself with the world. Again, I feel like people are waiting on our gifts. They're waiting on our talents, but oftentimes we minimize them. We don't think they're important. So we don't shine. We don't, we don't come forth and share our message with people. We don't share our story because I realized my life story the things that I went through can help somebody. But if I'm not willing to share that, no one gets benefit from my brilliance. So that's really what the book is about. And most of some of the chapters in the book, they're exercises that a person can do to kind of hone in on that particular principle to make it more poignant in their lives. So um, that's pretty much the book. <laughs> and um, I really have, so, I, you know, that, go ahead. I was just going to um, say that I talk a lot about on this podcast and, and in other places, the power of your why, which is really connecting with your values. Yeah. Um, so I love that you take them through that entire, you know, kind of element of self-discovery, because I think that sometimes we lose sight of that. I think that 
uh, it's yeah. easy to make decisions for the who, the what, the when, the where, but we forget to make decisions based on the why. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's what aligns most closely with our inner truth. So um, I like that. I like the values discovery. You know, the other thing you were saying, you're this 7 billion people in the world, you're special, you're unique. Every night I have a little phrase that I say to my son and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I say, do you know why I love you? And he says, mm -hmm. because I'm me. And yeah. I say, that's right. And you are so special that I will oh. love you forever and ever and always because I love that. You know, oh. of, all the, <laughs> of all the nighttime oh. things you could say, yeah. he just turned nine, but I've been saying that to him uh. since he was two. <laughs> I love that's so sweet. And that's so powerful too. Something as simple as that is so powerful. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I just wanted, you know, in thinking of all the nighttime things you could say and all the different, I wanted a simple message that he could easily always remember, you know, yeah. I remember what my parents had a little nighttime thing that they said to me every night was a little different, but right. um, I still, to this day, remember that nighttime thing that they said. So it, you know, it was like, I want him to have something simple like that, that he can take with him in his life. And if there's just only one thing that I want him to know is that he's special and unique and that he is loved just because he's him. Exactly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I wish, I wish, Whoa. I wish so, so many of us were raised with that though. Yes, you know, absolutely. Like, how different a place would the world be if, if more of us knew that, that, yes. that we're loved just because we're who we are. Exactly. And we're celebrated for who we are. You know, um, diversity should be celebrated. And I always tell people, everybody, it, it's nothing but diversity. No, no two people are alike, you know? So right. that, that, it's no two people are alike. So that inherent, that's diversity. So it should be celebrated, not something that seemed as negative. It's like, no, we're not alike. And that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> so absolutely. 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 Woo. Yeah. One wow. of the things that you said that, that I really liked is that you have a purpose and people are waiting for that purpose for you to show up and yeah. do that thing. So you talk about helping people build an authentic business. Tell me about that. Yes. I love helping people. I just got a new business client a couple of weeks ago and she wants to start her own business. So I was like, awesome. Great. So the first question that I asked her, I'm like, what do you want? And so her background is special education. She's a special educator. And I was like, so what do you want to do? You know, I'm like, like she was like, I don't know. <laughs> and she said, well, I think I should work with this population, but maybe I should work with this population. And she went, oh, I just let her go. She said, well, maybe I should do this. Well, maybe I should do that. I said, I said, are you done? She was like, I said, what do you want? What are you passionate about? What lights you up? What would get you up every day knowing that you get to go serve this particular group of people? I said, you have the opportunity to create exactly what you want and what's going to fulfill you. And so she was like, I never really thought about it. I said, so now it's the time we're going to think about it and work through it. So I don't want people to build businesses just because, oh, you should do this. The market says this. But what do you say? What do you want? And I remember when I first built, was starting building my, my speech practice, you know, a, a lot of well-meaning people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you should do this. You should do that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do my business like this. I'm going to do it. And finally, I was like, well, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> 
That doesn't fulfill. That doesn't make me happy. That doesn't give me joy. I'm not. I want to because I'm like I want to be happy in my work. I want to be um, feeling like I'm happy and, and fulfilled and, and it's meaningful. And so some of the things that they were asking me to do is like that. That doesn't work for me. Um, for an example, you know, I used to work in hospitals and nursing homes. Nothing wrong with that, but. That just wasn't an environment for me. For some people like, oh, you need to get a contract in a hospital. You can get a contract. I was like, and I, I was trying to do that. But then it was like, that doesn't feel good for me. And I'm not, so I'm not going to do that. And so that's when I said, people, you get the chance to build an authentic business, a business that resonates with who you are and how you want to show up and serve the world. I, uh, my husband asked me this question a lot because I, like you have, quite a few different hats, you know, psychotherapist, yeah. podcast, author. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he always <laughs> says to me, like, if you had to only pick one thing, mm. what what would you pick? Like, you've got all these avenues and this is all great and you're spread thin sometimes. What What's yeah. the one thing you would really put first? Like the one thing you really want to do. Uh-huh. And it's funny to me, it never falters. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just where it's at for me, but, yeah. but it's funny because, um, I, you know, I've been, I've written so many books and, and these sorts of things and it doesn't wholly fulfill my picture. Like, I feel like I have these other things to do too. Yeah. And I, and I yeah. wonder about that. Like, I wonder why do I have a desire to kind of do multiple things? Is it a reach issue? Like I'm trying to reach more people or what is it? I I wonder about that. And I hear people that struggle with this. Like I have all these different things that I do. I, I like you, like you, I have a lot of different things that I do, but I'm excited because I feel like I'm a multi-dimensional person. I'm not one dimensional. So I can find joy in doing a lot of different things, you know? So that's how I tend to look at it. You know, I don't feel like I'm scatterbrained, you know, because I'm really clear on what I like to do. And so those are the things I pretty much focus on. But I feel like I'm multidimensional. I have a lot, a myriad of different interests, you know? So why not pursue those things? Uh, Years ago when I was... um, um, had submitted my my resume for this particular company to provide speech therapy for this company. So uh, the woman looked at my resume and she was like, wow, you kind of been all over the place because I had been in nursing homes. I worked in schools. I worked in corporate, you name it. I worked in those environments, right? And so she was like, wow, just like you've been all over the place. I was like, yeah. And so I was like, I hear I'm like, I'm probably not going to get the job. I was like, which is okay. I took the exact same resume to another company and they loved it. They were like, because you've been different places, we can place you in so many different places. Your diversity is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, look at that. It's so interesting how, how you look see at it. it. Different. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel I, like I, all of my different interests are just uh, uh, is in a, a reflection of me because I have different interests. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I used to work at the hospital as a 5150 responder mm. and it, uh, it jaded me a bit, you know, mm. I really started to kind of, I don't know, it, it, you know, you think in psychotherapy, like there's psychotherapists and that's just it, but it's like, there's so many different ways to do this practice, you know? Mm. 
And uh, I really learned a lot about yeah. myself and about the world and different things. But I didn't like the jaded side of me that I was becoming. I realized mm -hmm. I, I wanted to work in a different um, space with people. Like I wanted to work with people who had already done a lot of the the nitty gritty work and were looking to kind of elevate to that next level and, and had some self-awareness for the things in their life that could be creating their dis-ease, mm -hmm. you know? And, that, mm -hmm. and, and when I made that shift, I became better at what I did. Yeah. yeah. I showed up in a more positive way mm -hmm. and I had a more powerful impact. So I think it is important that, that you have those experiences that you try different things, but that you ultimately do find what aligns with you authentically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So you can be like a better version. Like yeah. if you're there for the money, you're probably not doing the best you could do. Right. I mean, we're right. all there for the money to a certain extent, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yes. you, you got to be there because <laughs> you're passionate about it too. And that it and you fuels love, you. You love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember working um, in a nursing home one time and this older gentleman asked me that we were just having such a great time, you know, and I, I was, I was enjoying, you know, working there. And so he asked me, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, are you doing this because you love it or because of the money? And I said, well, let me, I said, let me think about that. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, I said, kind of both. And I said, I said, the thing is, it's so great to get paid for something that I love to do. And he was like, great answer. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting because I think there are a lot of people that are probably there for the money. You know, like yeah. they're not, they're not loving what they're doing. Um, or right. maybe they think they could love something else better. But this is one of the things that I've, that I've often talked about is that, you know, we, we say to our kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? That is mm -hmm. so much pressure to put on a kid. Like you only get to be one thing. Yeah. That's ridiculous, you know? And then like, <laughs> so then they have yes. to pick a major and then they have to mm -hmm. pick a career and then they have to stick with it when they get in that career and they hate it, but their whole life they told everyone that's what they were going to do. So they feel like they need to stick it out. Yes. Really, it should be, tell me about some of the things you'd like to experience when you grow up, you know? Yes. Oh, I want to take pictures. I want to be a professional baseball player. I want to you know, I love numbers. I love yeah. science, whatever. You know, I, I think that if we have different language with the youth of our world, um, people will feel more in, in, entitled or empowered to uh, try different things and really find what fuels them best, you know? Absolutely. Just um, one of my past clients, she is an attorney. And so worked at a very prestigious law firm in Washington, D.C., then down in Houston. Um, but she told me kind of secretly, she was like, I want to quit my my job as an attorney and open up a restaurant. She's like, but I can't tell my family that. I was like, right. oh, my God. 
but all she wants to do is cook. Yes. <laughs> I I see that so much. Yes. I see that so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, one of the things you mentioned earlier is you said being on the front lines with COVID. And I recently heard in the news um, that the president has now done some things with um, police reform, which is long overdue, where mm-hmm. social workers will yeah. be showing up um, to, you know, to, mm-hmm. as first responders. Yes. How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? I know I have some thoughts on that. What do you think about that? I was happy to hear that, honestly, Um, because I believe that um, a lot of issues that people have stem from mental health issues. And I believe uh, that a social worker, someone in health and mental health um, practitioner, a therapist, I think they are better well equipped to help de-escalate situations, get to the bottom of situations to really help people. I believe in prevention. By the time the police is involved, you know, it's kind of like, uh, what could have been done prior to that? And I think right. having social workers, having help, mental health professionals on the front line to prevent some of these things for getting to the point where the police have to be involved, I think that is a better use of time, money, energy, all of that for this country. So I was very happy to hear that they were going to have social workers um, as first responders to situations like this. So I wholeheartedly agree with your perspective on it. I also think that one of the areas where it's lacking the most is that the first responders need mental health as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just such a huge oversight, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that, you know, the, you've, you're taking people who are constantly placed in cortisol environments. You know what I mean? Like there is just yes. so much happening in their adrenal system in the way of fight or flight and, um, and, and trauma and different things mm-hmm. that, you know, stress, they're constantly having that experience. And if, if they're not having that back down to baseline with their adrenal system, then they're just kind of elevated to that point. They're always in a fight or flight response mode. Always. Yes. And a lot of bad things can happen from operating in that space. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. um, if you're, if you are, if you are in a space where you are so elevated adrenally that you are responding in a fight or flight survival mode, things get out of control quickly. Um, I see that with my couples. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you're fighting over what again? Right. Because let's back it up. Mm -hmm. You triggered you when, with just the look on your face, because that look resulted in this the last time that you made that look, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's twofold. I think, yes, having the first responders, um, you know, include social workers as part of that process, but also having our first responders have more of a requirement for mental health, you know, if not like a weekly counseling session, a monthly counseling session, or perhaps a couple, you know, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours of counseling before they even become a first responder. Oh, absolutely. You know, the same, I have a sister who is a guidance counselor uh, in middle school. And she said, you know, they were always taught as counselor, a counselor needs a counselor because when you're dealing with other people's stuff, 
and trauma, like you were saying, and issues, sometimes that stuff can weigh on you and you need a place to, 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 to have an outlet. And so she was like, when she first you know, got into school for counseling, they were always, they, they had to be in counseling as right. part of the requirement for the program. It was like, because counselors need counselors, you know? So you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. They need, the social workers need a social worker, you know, they need someone too that they can turn to when it becomes too much and it gets too heavy. Right, right. And I think in general, that first responder mentality, at least what I've seen in working with that population is you, mm. you deal with it and you move on, you know, there's a fire happening down the block. So you mm. don't really get time to process and grieve whatever you yeah. saw, you know, my mom yeah. and dad worked as volunteer firefighters mm. and my mom still shares this story, um, coming on to a situation where somebody had come onto somebody's property, you know, rural area. And it turns out that it was a marijuana grow and, um, there was, you know, a dad and his two sons that, that wandered on the property. They were you know, going fishing kind of a thing and were shot. And, you know, they were treating the, 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 the boys and the dad and, um, the little boy had on his like Mickey mouse underoo. And, uh, my, it re- reminded my mom, like right in that moment of my brothers when they were little, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the first responders are dealing with that kind of stuff constantly. And how are they processing that? How are they coming down from that? You know, all different types of first responders, medics and police force and military, whatever, who all of them, Coast Guard, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I think that this is a great mm-hmm. conversation that's begun. I think there's going to be a long way to go. I know for me, working in the hospital in that situation, I can see and not, not to be jaded, but I can see how the politics of insurance and different things gets in the way of just dealing with it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'd really <laughs> like to help you, but you don't have the right insurance card or whatever. Yes. That's so frustrating. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so I think there's a long way to go there, but it, but at least we've opened the dialogue, you know? Yes. We tried to head in the right direction with a lot of things. So I'm hopeful. I'm positive about it. You know, I try not to get jaded, like you said, but um, it's, it's, it takes effort not to be discouraged and not to be, um, you know, feeling bad about stuff. So I work on staying positive. I, I work on staying and seeing the hope and seeing that um, things can change for the better. So that's why I have to try to keep it. And even if we don't see the whole picture in our lifetime. Right. Some of it, you know, just, just a little movement on the dial can go a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I say is, you know, a lot of what's happening today, the positive effects will be seen by my grandchildren. Right. And that's powerful too. That's, you know, people Mm -hmm. always talk about when they're talking about identity, they talk about legacy. Right. And so what is that legacy that you want to leave behind? What do Absolutely. you want to be remembered by? Absolutely. Yes, that's so good. Uh, and I was just having a conversation with someone else about how even you and I, we are answered prayers. Our grandparents, our forefathers prayed that one day we would be in this position. And so, yeah, my hope is not just for me now, it's for generations after me that they have a better experience than what I've had. But it means me doing what I need to do today to make sure that happens. So, um, I'm again, I'm hopeful because when you, we look at, you know, history, 
things have changed, things have evolved. And I believe it will continue to do that if we continue to do self-discovery, if we continue to have these conversations, if we continue just to look deeper and figure out what it is that we truly need to be doing, I think we'll get there. Maybe like, like you said, maybe not in our lifetime, but hopefully in generations after us, they'll get there. And we're such an instant gratification society these days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've been guilty of it myself, you know, if the Starbucks isn't on the counter within three minutes. I'm like, ah, dang, what's taking them so long? You know, <laughs> just like, um, they did not have to go to the field to pick the, the coffee beans. You exactly. Grind them and the percolator little coffee thing my grandmother used to have. It's like, an hour for a little cup of coffee. I'm I, I'm good. No, thank you. You know, I was like, no. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, but it's funny. I mean, I even got one of those teapots that boils water in a minute, a single minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where do you get those? I need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> They say, watch oh, pot never boils. I'm like, baloney, mine does in 59 seconds. Watch. Wow. Wow. Where, <laughs> where can people go to find more about you and get your fantastic book and start to do their self-discovery? Where can they go? Yes. Yeah, so I always tell people first, go to the website. The website is ownyouramazingnow.com. Um, up there, there is a tab. You can read a free excerpt from the book and you can also buy the book personally from me. Uh, I, I encourage people to do that because I like to send them an autographed copy of the book, um, but the book can also be found on Amazon. In terms of social media on Facebook, you can find me at Dr. Denise on oh, You're Amazing. And I hang out on Instagram a little bit. So you can find me at there, um, Dr. Denise Moore. So Fabulous. Um, <laughs> Yep. Well, such a great conversation. Thank you so much for, for making time. Um, I know a lot has changed since we originally scheduled, and I'm glad that we were able to, to keep this today because I think this message is so important right now, more than ever, um, certainly. So thanks so much for coming on today. And thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> this has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.